everybody welcome to uh episode two of the bethel moments podcast today i got pastor john paul he's the youth pastor at venue church in chattanooga and um today he has a message for you guys that he really felt like uh god led him to so i'm gonna go ahead and give the floor to him well what's up guys my name is jp i'm super excited to be on here tristan's crushing it with all his ministry stuff he's doing I'm just super honored to be on here. I know you asked me a couple of weeks ago. I'm just, I'm pumped. I feel like I got to work for you guys, but also like, like comment, share on this dude's post because he's really crushing it out there. And he's really like, he gives God all the glory, which is the coolest part, but he's super mellow too. So <laughs> I, like I just had to shout you out. Yeah, no worries. <clears throat> so today I wanted to talk to you guys about one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, it's about Elijah and the oil and I'm going to open up with this scripture. It's 2 Kings 4. It says, she came and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay what you owe. You and your sons can live on the rest. And <clears throat> this story is like widely known. Like you can interpret it so many ways. But as I was just studying this, the scripture, it said, go sell the oil and pay what you owe. So we have to go way back before this because this is the end like this is like the celebration and everything but if we go to the earlier stages it says now the wife of the son of the man who tells what will happen in the future cried out to elijah your servant my husband is dead you know that your servant honored the lord with fear but the man to whom he owed money has come to take my two children and make them serve him elijah said to her what can I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your woman servant has nothing except a jar of oil. And as I was just studying this story and everything, it, it really got me because she clearly says like, my husband was a faithful servant. Like he feared the Lord, but then he asked her, what do you have in your house? And it, it got me thinking, like, what do I have in my house? And I'm a big sneakerhead. So, like, off the top of my head, I'm like, I got shoes, I got video games. But this lady, all she had was a jar of oil. So, like, I'm trying to paint that picture. Like, if we're picturing us modern time, like, right now, like, what is the first thing that we would cling to that if someone said, what do you have? <clears throat> and most people would say, something generic like shoes or like a xbox or like a cell phone like whatever it is but they went <clears throat> i felt like in this moment he was asking her what spiritual thing do you have and i don't know if we've ever interpreted it this way but this is what i got what do you have and she said i have a jar of oil but in my mind i'm thinking what does she have and I, the first thing that i think of is jesus Ooh. if we're talking spiritually what do you have i have jesus and we live in like such a modern world right now where social media is attacking, the enemy's attacking, like Facebook, Instagram, social media, like even what you watch on TV is attacking. And so we, we have Jesus, but do we really have Jesus is the question. Like if he asked me, what do I have? I would, the first thing spiritually I would say, and I would tell this to anybody that's watching, what do you have? You have Jesus if you've ever had that moment of salvation, if you've ever had that moment of worship, 
like, and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like, that's what you have. And so as we're going, as we're going through this uh, little sermon that I talked out, like, I literally, like, I really feel like the first thing we need to have is Jesus. So, and, and I think the world makes it complicated, like, oh, you have Jesus, what does that mean? Well, when I say I have Jesus, that means I have prayer, I have worship, I have peace, I have calm, I have joy, like, I have all that stuff. And so the lady, the lady might have been freaking out in the story, like, clearly she is, like, they're trying to take her children away and everything. But when she says, I have a jar of oil, it's like, I don't have anything financial. I don't have anything like like possessive or anything, but I have Jesus. So I feel like Jesus represents that oil in a way. And so if we keep going, then Elijah said, go around and get jars from all your neighbors. And I'm going to stop there because we all know how the story ends, right? The story ends, she ends up getting all these jars until she runs out, but it had me thinking then he said go around and get jars from all your neighbors we're in 2022 and Tristan I can ask you this do you know all your neighbors no not at all (laughs) exactly like (laughs) the same for me like I, I just thought it was odd go around and get jars from all your neighbors so like God is the author right God knows everything that's already happened so he knew in this particular moment that every neighbor she went to was gonna have a jar isn't that crazy? Because someone was coming to my house and I'm a Christian, right? Like I have a good heart, but like, wouldn't it feel weird if someone's like, hey, bro, do you got a jar? <laughs> do you have a jar I can borrow? And I, I literally just, I, I sat there and I was like, okay, we know that we know in the end, we know what happens, but it's just so like, it's so timely how God is. Cause he, he narr- he's narrating the story like go around and get jars from all your neighbors and if you sit back and think it's like he orchestrated all of that that means the people that were in her neighborhood like from years ago or wherever like had a good heart they had a good posture to want to like share their jars right because I, like let's admit it we're all stingy my wife's stingy with her fries like we'll go out to eat I'll grab a fry she's like nah bro those are my fries like <laughs> so it it just like it had me thinking like how God orchestrates this story and I don't know if we've if who's ever watching like you've ever gone in debt like verse by verse but like even like go around and get all the jars for your neighbors get empty jars many of them then go and shut the door behind you and your sons pour the oils into all these jars and set aside each one that is full. So she has one jar of oil, right? And she goes and gets all these jars. And I'm just thinking, what a God that we serve that in her weakest moment, God was able to provide not only loving neighbors, like neighbors that share, neighbors that care. They might have not known the situation. And maybe it's not like, it shouldn't be a big deal. Like, yeah, here, borrow my jar. But in that moment, it's like, yeah, take it right and I think I think sometimes we like we like are so possessive of what we have that we don't think of what others don't have right like I'm sitting here this lady like she has no money like she has two kids she just lost her husband and they're telling her go get all these jars like if if someone told me go get jars I'd be like like what are you talking about (laughs) like let's let's simmer down let's calm down like what are we talking about but it's just so it's so this story is so timely on like what God is able to do versus what he will do because he 
he could have not given her jars. He could have not given her neighbors that love her. They could have gave her neighbors that didn't care. But what he did do was provide an avenue for her from the moment she was in that house to wherever the time before that, that he placed those individual people in her life that would share with her and that would care for her. And I think that's so timely, like in our lives right now, like God puts people in our circles or in our corners or in our church that are able to provide what we don't have. So if you look at it from a ministry point, like whether it's you're serving on a dream team and say like, you're not good at communicating with somebody, right? But God will place somebody in your life that will show you how to communicate. Or maybe you have uh, dreams or aspirations of being a pastor one day or something like that. But then he, and you clearly can't do it by yourself. So he puts somebody always in your life that will walk you through that. And I thought it was just crazy that like, if even if we just go back, like go around and get jars from all your neighbors, like get empty jars and just the the presence that God shows you in your life. And he, he orchestrates it all for a reason. And I, I was just, you know, I said, the first thing we need to have is Jesus. And the second thing I believe that we need to have is we need to overcome our doubts. Right. So, because she, she could have easily gave up. She could, her children could have been easily taken away. Right. But you have to overcome the doubt. So like, no matter what you're going through in life, like you have to overcome that. And sometimes I feel like we make that so hard for us, whether it's people talking about us or whether it's like we're battling anxiety or depression or whatever, we have to overcome those doubts, right? Because sometimes, sometimes it is us that we need to work on, but sometimes we're holding things that we should have never held. Sometimes we're holding on to that thing that's like, oh man, like I'm literally miserable. I'm sad or I'm upset, but I'm holding something that doesn't belong to me. And I should have never held. And God's like, why are you holding that? I never gave that to you to hold. So I think we need to overcome the doubts. We need to have Jesus, right? We need to believe that Jesus is here. Jesus is for us. Jesus can provide. Jesus can do anything. But the second thing is we need to overcome the doubts. Mm -hmm. I think in, in today's world, especially like as, as being a youth pastor, I see it all the time with social media. Social media is like the enemy of all enemies because it portrays you as something you're not. If you go on somebody's Instagram, their stories or their posts are completely different than what they are in person. They, they try to overcompensate online to show them something they're not. And sometimes they're battling stuff like depression or anxiety that they should be overcoming on the natural side or on the spiritual side, but they do it on the natural side. So they, they'll post a picture of them with Starbucks or they'll post a picture of them like at the movies and they're trying to show something they're not. And as social media gets bigger, I think we have to overcome those doubts. I think we have to really just lean into God and to what he's saying and to not what the world is saying, because the world's going to tell you, it's going to tell that lady, oh, you're never going to get those jars. You're never going to get your kids back. You're never going to do that. But God's over here saying like, no, like I'm, you got to overcome those doubts and I am going to provide those jars. I am going to provide that oil. I am going to get your children safe and everything. So we got to have Jesus. We got to overcome the doubts. And then one of us, uh, we continue to go, it says, so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They took the jars to her and she poured when the jars were full she said to her son bring me another jar and he said to her there is not one jar left then the oil stopped flowing 
she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay what you owe. You and your sons live off the rest. And I, <clears throat> I was just thinking how intentional, like, all those jars were, right? Because there, it doesn't say how, it doesn't say, like, the specific number of jars. So if we're studying that, like, how many jars did he really have? Because it could be 10, it could be 50, it could be 100, it could be like some astronomical number. But he, what gets me on that, it says, you and your son can live off the rest. So not only did God provide for her for that, for that moment to pay her husband's debt off, he gave her abundance more to live off of. And I think that's what God's, God is telling us in this story is that not only am I going to get you through what you're going through, I'm going to, I'm going to overcompensate so much that you never have to worry again. And I just think that's beautiful. I think that's, you know, as a 28 year old youth pastor that suffered with depression and suffered with anxiety, like it's a, it's amazing to see that not only will God heal you and, and get you through your battles, he overcompensates and gets you through everything. So the lady, like, not only does she keep to keep her son, she gets to keep the rest of the oil. And whether she sells it for money, whether she gets a house with it, whatever she's getting with it, she knows that God has set him, like, has set her for life. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about spiritually. This whole, this whole story is about how spiritual can you be? And that doesn't mean you're, you have to be like all religious because that's not what it's saying. Spiritual means I'm going to believe God even when I'm at the, at the depths of hell, like where Satan is dragging me down and I can't claw my way out. He's going to over provide and he's going to give us the grace to reach out and grab us out of there. And like, I just think it's what, when he gave her the rest of that oil and she gets to keep it, I just showed you like how, how intentional our God is. Like it's, it's be I think it's beautiful just to see she lost her husband. She about lost her kids, but no, she got to keep her kids and she got to live on abundance more. And I think we can take this, <clears throat> this story and we can dissect it more and more. If you read and read and read it, like, I think God will give you different clues on it. Not just what I'm saying, like, he's going to speak to you in a way, like what you're going through, because your circumstances don't determine your joy. And if you guys are following along, I said, you need Jesus. You need to overcome the doubts. And then the last point is you have to believe God's promise over your life. And that spells joy. You have to believe God's promise over your life. So even when you are at your darkest moments, you have to believe God's promise over your life. And I don't know what, whoever's watching what your dream is, but I just want to encourage you that God's not done with you. And even if you don't hear him, or maybe you don't see him moving, I want to encourage you that when God is silent, he's not still. This is what gets me. He's at work. He's working it for his good. He's working it all for you. And it's amazing to see how you're dreaming of something, right? And maybe it doesn't happen fast. Maybe it takes years and it takes years, but 
when you get to that finish line, you can always trust and believe that God's promise of your life will always be fulfilled because when God gives you a promise, he does not snatch it and take it back. He's not that type of God that's going to say, nope, <clears throat> no, Tristan, you did this and I'm taking that promise out of you. No, I'm going to keep it on you and I'm going to give you the grace that you deserve through it all. So you need Jesus. You need to overcome the doubts and you have to believe God's promise of your life because <clears throat> The enemy is going to come and attack you a thousand percent, but you have to believe those things because you need that joy. The acronym for, and the acronym for joy is Jesus over you. Jesus over you. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus over you. You have to put Jesus over you. The lady put Jesus over herself. She put Jesus over her kids. She put Jesus over her ex-husband that had passed away. And then we saw the miracle. We saw not only, like I said, not only did she keep her children, but she got abundance more. And so no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dreaming of, you always have to put Jesus at the very top. And then the rest of itself will always work out. When you put Jesus first, everything else falls into place. Wow, that's on fire right there. <laughs> Man, when you put Jesus first. That, that's interesting because uh, me and you were having a conversation <laughs> a while ago about um, social media and like mm -hmm. spirit of offense and things like mm -hmm. that. And like um, we live in a time now like in this world that spirit of offense runs rampant. And a lot mm -hmm. of the times it, gets, it becomes uh, justified. People get justified. Yeah you know and um I, I just wanted to know like what would you say to someone that is like struggling with being offended easily i would say so i would say it's normal it's not don't don't beat yourself up because you got offended because i think i think it's normal when it shouldn't be normal if that makes any sense i feel like if you're if you're putting Jesus over you, right? If you're if you're like living out this Jesus life that you want to be just like him and you want to live out your calling and stuff, you got to know when to turn that off. You got to know that the you got to look at the other side of it. You got to look at whoever is like offended you. You got to look at their life too. You got to look at their moments. You got to look at So <clears throat> I would say don't ever just take a because here's one thing and I, i'm never going to forget this saying because it, it really struck me and it had something i try to live out because it's a i believe it's this is how they said it said offense is an event right so event offense is something that happened but just because it happened today doesn't mean that it has to continue tomorrow offended is a choice hmm. so offense is an event offended is a choice so at that moment you're choosing to be offended like you're choosing to want to be offended you there's a cool demonstration where like you say you're in your house right and it's dark time right so you have to have the light on if you don't if you choose to be offended what you're saying is i'm going to turn off that light in my house and i'm just going to walk around the house not knowing where i'm going and that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to put blinders on you where you can't see and you're just fighting and 
like doing all these types of things to where it not it's not just hurting the person that you think offended you it's hurting yourself too because it's hurting yourself with christ it's what it's doing so i think offense is definitely an event i'm not saying that you can't be in your feelings for a few minutes because clearly like we all are right we're all always gonna like have that because we we live in a world where the flesh tries to take control and that and sometimes the flesh does take control but sometimes you have to be like nope I'm reeling it back in and I have to get in the spiritual side, whether it's you got to go pray, whether it's you got to go worship, whether it's you just got to go sit and listen to a podcast, like whatever you're doing, like you got to reel yourself back in because once the enemy gets you on that stage of offense and it turns into being offended, it, it, it like cripples you basically, because then not only did that person that offended you or whatever not only does your relationship end with them now like it just your whole world's going to change because you don't have that one person in there and and i think it's <clears throat> i think you gotta mature you gotta be smart like okay he said this to me it, it kind of offended me okay cool but now i gotta look at the real picture what is that person going through what is that person thinking am i checking on that person like i normally should have I not talked to that person in days and maybe they're just going through something and I'm choosing to make it worse by getting offended, if that makes any sense. So I think definitely you gotta, you gotta watch what you're doing. You gotta, you always gotta have your eyes set on Christ always. Cause once you take your eyes off Christ and you turn that light off, you're running around in a room or a circle and you're just hitting stuff. So it's like, your electricity goes out right so we all know when your electricity goes out it's dark in there right so imagine you having the power to turn that light on so you can see but you just leave it off and that that just leaves <clears throat> that just leaves room for more offense to come in because the enemy like i said he's gonna try to attack you as hard as he can once because once you can't see it's really really hard to maneuver your way back to where you're supposed to be unless you flip that light switch on, but it's always a choice. And like, if you guys watched the last episode, my uncle was talking about um, knowing like who you're listening to. A lot of the times, like the, the something you're getting offended about may be um, in the spiritual realm. Like the enemy, like could be just speaking to you and it could be, you could be interpreting something that, isn't actually their heart like they're not actually trying to hurt you and i think a lot of the time like offense can like stem from the enemy speaking into us not actually from the person them in themselves because uh what's that verse it says like your battle's not with flesh and blood but principalities of darkness mm -hmm. I, think, I think that like if you're struggling with it you need to like focus on jesus in that and ask him like is this really me like is this their heart for me or is this the enemy trying to twist my thoughts mm -hmm. um like we're doing the uh fast from negative words right yeah um, how how has that fast been helping you lately oh it's helped me a lot <laughs> because here's the one thing like your words have power like if you don't get anything else from this podcast today your words have power so it it's helped me a lot because like i like I, <laughs> I'm a youth pastor, but I also do a, like a lot of creative stuff. And so sometimes that's like mentally draining, right? Cause like 
you know, like you'll be working on a graphic and maybe you thought you got it, but then that's like, no, you got to go back and edit it or whatever it is. And so your mind gets really tired. And so I used to say, dang, man, my mind's really tired today. And I would speak that over myself. And I, and what I noticed during pastor sermon, when he was talking about negative words is like, that can really cripple you. Like that can really, really hurt you because you're, you're literally speaking death into your life at that point. So then when I go create a graphic or something, I'm like, dang, I don't want to do this, but I do want to do it, but I'm telling myself I don't want to do it. So it's been great. I've been, like I said, I've been just speaking life more constantly, not only myself, but my wife and my child, like your words have power. So maybe you wake up with a cold, right? Maybe you wake up under the weather. It's not technically a cold because you're just under the weather, but you think you have a cold and what if like during the day, you're like, nope, I'm fine. I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. I feel good. I'm going to go out and do this, this and that. And by the end of the day, you're like, oh, I was just under the weather for a few hours. I wasn't really sick. But I think like a lot of people <clears throat> don't take the time to speak life into themselves because they've gone through so much. So at that point, it's, it's you got to just know that God loves you where you're at, but he loves you so much not to stay there. Um, he's he wants you to know that you're anointed and you're appointed and you're blessed and you're set apart. You're not the, uh, the tail, you're the head, like all that stuff. So I think it's been amazing. Like, I think we should do that more often. I think if we put that on social media, like, Hey, speak good about yourself. Like maybe social media could become this place where people like feel good about themselves and don't have to pretend to be something they're not because your words at the end of the day have power. If you say, I'm going to go and I'm going to be this one day, if you keep repeating it eventually with hard work and those words, you're going to get there. But if you're just like, no, nah, man, this is hard. No, nope, I'm not worth it. Or I'm not this, or I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not qualified. Then you're never going to get there. So how's it been going for you? Well, this, this part, has it's actually a real struggle of mine because I I uh I grew up just beating myself up with my words and I didn't realize it until I started this this fast um of course I've dropped off a few times because I'll find myself like at work or somewhere and I'm just like talking to myself but I'm catching myself as I'm doing it you know what I mean Mm-hmm. Um, but when like I go a whole day without saying anything negative I actually go to bed feeling like today was a successful day you know, and I think that if if any of you watching, you do this fast, it, it not only fast from your, your words, but fast from negative thoughts and uh, you try to take grasp of them. I really feel like you guys will see like an absolute life change when you're going to bed because I, I don't know about you, but like at going to bed, a lot of the times I feel very depleted and mm-hmm. not like joyful, but I feel like we should be joyful when we wake up and joyful when we go to bed because yeah. God gave us that whole day to just like have an amazing day, you know? And when we're yeah. positive, it just makes it so much better. Yeah. I don't know what verse it is. I don't want to misquote it, but it says the Bible does say like, God wants you to go to bed with sweet sleep. So he wants you to go to bed, like with your head on the pillow and you literally smiling, going to sleep. And I feel like that's how it should be. No matter how our day is, no matter if we had a hard day at work, no matter how, like stressful our life sometimes can be because sometimes we do have a lot on our plate and we do get depleted and we do get tired and we do like all these things but like God wants you to have sweet sleep and so 
if you're speaking like those words over yourself and you're not doing anything negative like that's like in your face like like I said words like in your face that are negative like you can go to bed with sweet sleep and I for a season like this season and like I've had the word peace in my mind that's literally like all I've been studying is Philippians because you're like your circumstances don't determine your joy and I'm going to repeat that every second I can because no matter what you're going through no matter what you're going through like whoever's listening right now that circumstances does not determine your joy your joy is in Christ and Christ is peace this is something I found out there's a million verses in the bible about peace and then one of our campus pastors looked at me and he was like yeah because Jesus is peace and I like I was like I was like bro come on let's go Jesus is peace. If you have Jesus, if you're worshiping, if you're praying, if you're taking time out of your your uh, day to study his word, whatever it is before you go into work, like you're gonna have that peace. It may not like, it may not be perfect peace. You may have a hiccup in the day or two, but you'll bounce back out of it and you're you're gonna be joyful. Like, just know that like, no matter what you're going through, like don't go to your phone. Don't go to social media. If you're down, I would throw this away. <laughs> go open your Bible, read a couple verses. Like there's a million verses that are about peace. Like God wants you to have that sweet sleep. He wants you to have that peace. He wants you to have that joy. So like this whole conversation we're having is literally Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have that peace. And it's not hot. Like, I think we, I think religion has like made this super hard where you have, and this is another conversation we had where you have to go talk to God. Like it's not hard. I think we overcomplicate it, uh, I messed that up, (laughs) overcomplicate it with having to, oh, you have to have a certain uh, prayer room or you have to get on your knees and hold your hands like this. Like Tristan, you were telling me you were what, praying in the car, right? Yeah, I, I am in the, when I'm, when I'm praying with God, I, I mean, I'm just like, I I don't need to. Okay. So when I'm praying with God, I invite his presence into the room with me, you know, and I was going to a situation that was just so, um, like, I was just not trying to go to this situation. I was scared actually. And, um, I had to go speak with someone. And as I was driving there, I was very just overwhelmed with fear. And I invited the Holy Spirit to just flood the car and I'm driving eyes open. And uh, I felt God just wrap around me and comfort me as I'm going through this entire situation. Like as soon as I prayed for his presence and like you're saying, you don't have to pray with your eyes closed. You don't, he's omnipresent. He's around us at Mm -hmm. all times. He's sitting right here in this conversation with us. Like I really feel him right now, you know? And um, like that, it, yeah, like when you're talking to a friend you're not closing your eyes you know what i'm saying oh yeah yeah so just like he's he's here so why why would we need to i mean out of honor we do but mm-hmm. but i don't believe that god desires it it's not like a rule you know i don't mm-hmm. think that, that is a rule of his like you need to close your eyes you need to do this you need to like i think that when you when you put too much structure around it you're losing the intimacy yeah yeah, I think like you you like you nailed it. You don't have to 
and some people do and there's nothing wrong with that we're not saying that you like oh i'm shaming those people for doing that but what he said is right like he he was praying in the car sometimes you're praying during worship or sometimes you're praying during like studying his word like whatever it is but don't think that you have to be like qualified to go talk to god because he he always wants to listen and like he's a gentleman so he's not gonna like if he know like if he knows you're having a horrible day right of course he wants you to go talk to him but he's not gonna knock that door down because that's not who he is like he's a gentleman so he's gonna knock at your door patiently waiting with a sweet knock with wide with arms wide open waiting on you to want to go talk to him it's a it's really a want to go talk to him it's not a oh i have to i have to go talk like no you get to go talk to him and so like tristan said no matter where it's at don't don't make it difficult on yourself because then you then you make other things difficult then you make a structure on oh how should i worship should i worship like this 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 no worship however you want to pray however you want to but like i like we would like i would encourage like if you have a prayer language like praying like yesterday was a powerful day if you have a prayer language why not use that prayer language to speak the mystery where you're speaking the mystery but god knows what you're saying and you may not know what you're saying but god knows what you're saying and like that's just another like another level of prayer like when you speak in that tongue when you speak in that mystery like it'll wreck everything you ever believe because you're not you're not knowing what you're saying but in your mind and your heart you know that god knows what you're saying and it's just like i think it's dope <laughs> i think it's awesome that like we have the abilities to enhance prayer we have the abilities to enhance worship we have the abilities to enhance our studying you know our bible and everything like that but I would I would say don't overcomplicate things for you, especially like if you're having a rough season, like don't overcomplicate it. That's so good, bro. And the amazing part, what, what he's talking about is uh, we had uh, just Holy Spirit flooded the church yesterday and um, we did an altar call. And um, there was something as the pastor is talking about 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 2, that word mystery. I did a study on that. And it's actually secrets. So our spirits communicating with God, the secrets of our heart, Ephesians 1, 9, if you go to like mm -hmm. Ephesians 1, 9, it, it, it's secrets. It, it, the, God knows your secrets. So like, it's the words that you won't say out loud, your spirit will communicate it with God. So don't, don't be afraid. Like, I think the number one tool the enemy uses is fear. Mm-hmm fear to stop us from speaking in tongues and things like that from prophesying don't be afraid to use your gifts you know what i mean i think like if you're given the gift god has a purpose for that gift you know mm -hmm. um, yeah and not not to turn the conversation left or right or whatever yeah. but what he said is right if god's given you a gift right if he's given you a specific gift that only you have why not use it because when you choose not to use it what you're saying is what you're basically doing is you're robbing the world of your gift. And then you're like, I wouldn't like it if I was, if God was like, yeah, you're robbing my gift. <laughs> so I would like, yeah, I would encourage you. Like if you have a gift, if you have a gift of prophecy, if you have a gift of tongues, if you have a gift of pastor, like whatever it is, like start using it. Cause 
like we were talking about earlier, God puts certain people in your circle and maybe you're like the answer to one of their prayers and you don't even know it. That's why it's important. Like in church, like whoever you sit next to, like you may be dreaming of being like a business owner one day, right? That person beside you might be the answer to your prayer. They might be a, a bank consultant or something like that, where they can give you the funds to go live out your dreams. So I would, I would just tell you, like, use your gift because, like, something special happens when you use your gift. Like, it always does. I think that, I think that when we use our gift, like, it ignites something in us to become, mm -hmm. like, become more consistent in using it. So, like, like, when we use the gift, we then feel like, oh, I can use it. And then you're like, okay, I'm gonna use it again. Like when you use, when you have a, a shirt that you wear, you, you're gonna wear that shirt again. It's not like mm -hmm. you're gonna not wear it again. You know what I'm saying? But then, yeah. then like slowly the shirt just starts to, you're just like, oh, I like this shirt. It becomes your favorite shirt, you know? But I just feel like, like it's not only a gift, but it's a tool you can use to like, like you're saying, help that person sitting next to you, you know? And um, help build God's church. You know, I think it's just amazing. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. Would you mind praying for everybody? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, God, I just thank you um, for what you're doing. I thank you that um, I just want to thank Tristan first. Um, I want to pray over his ministry specifically, God, in Bethel moments. And um, God, you know what you're doing with him. His age doesn't matter. His qualifications doesn't matter. What matters is his heart posture for you, God. So today, um, I just pray that you just go above abundantly more than he could ever ask for whatever his dream is, God. I ask you that you multiply it by 30, 40, 50. And because the because he's not he's not doing this for his own sake, he's doing this to make your name famous, God. And we know anytime that that we give glory to your name, God, that the heavens shout out, God. So today I just ask you for multiplication over Tristan's ministry, God. I ask you that you that you continue to give him purpose. I, I pray that you continue to give him wisdom, God. I pray that you continue to strengthen him and and just whatever journey he's on, whatever season is on, God, I just pray that like he enjoys the season that he's in, God, that he knows that it's a process and that at the end he will he will rejoice and he will yell at your name and celebrate you because he knows that what he's doing is impacting others for your name, God. And I thank you that he has the ability to keep doing this, God. I'm thankful that he gave me a, a chance to come and speak on here, God. I'm glad that the conversation just had your name all over it, God. I pray that the people who heard this, God, whoever's hearing this live right now or whoever hears it when it's posted on YouTube or whatever platform it is, God, I pray that what you did in this moment will always live on, God. I pray that the words that were spoken have meaning, God, and they have purpose, God, and that, that you can just continue to use this platform everywhere it goes, God. We just pray that you get the glory in the end because it's not for me, it's not for him. It's for your name to be famous, God. That's all we want, God. We want your name to be known everywhere. And maybe some person listens to this that doesn't believe in God, but maybe at the end of it, they start to have a little hope and a little a little happiness towards their joy, God. We pray over the people that listen to this and we pray for those who never will hear it, God. We pray for this country. We pray for this earth, God. We pray that 
that we that we know that our best days are ahead of us god it's your name we pray amen amen thank you so much i appreciate it yeah of course bro my honor thank you i love you guys we'll see you later peace